right? Yeah. Let's go, baby! We're going to college football playoffs! I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole, and as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats, who are playoff bound, and they take on the Alabama Crimson Tide this Friday. I cannot wait. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up on the 1,435 subscribers. That is awesome. And as always, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chat. So if you like to support what I'm doing, please give me a super chat and I will get up there as fast as we can. Now I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, like I said, beginning of the show, Bearcats are playing this Friday. I have a very special guest today. He played for the Bearcats for one year, but... If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't we would be where we're at. I mean, all these guys, past Bearcats, all of them have reasons for what has happened this year. It all started with these guys. He's none other than Ben Mock. Ben, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, not much. Doing real well. Just uh, enjoying this holiday break from school and, and uh, excited to watch the Bearcats this weekend. Absolutely, man. So, are you uh, planning on going down? Or are you going to be? I think you're in Missouri right now, right? That, where, yeah, where I'm, in, I'm in Southwest Missouri, and uh, actually Ozark, Missouri, which um, I guess you could have say it has affiliation with the TV show. But um, <laughs> down here in Ozark, Missouri, and we're just going to uh, stay together as a family and, and watch the game. I got my wife and five kids, and then uh, my uh, my mom and dad and brothers and sisters are all going to watch the game on Friday. So we're excited. 
Uh, somebody, Caden uh, says you're his uncle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Caden, Caden is my uh, my nephew. He uh, okay. he's been stay, staying with me this school year and doing oh, cool. real well. And excited to see him play football next year. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, how how excited are you about the Bearcats? You know, from where because you were here, like I said, only for a short time for one year. We we're here at Kelly's first year, but from where we were when you guys are here. Through the Kelly years, to the Toville years, now through the Luke years, and actually getting a shot at the college football playoffs. Well, how does this, as a former Bearcat, how does this make you feel? Because I mean, you guys had a big part of this. Yeah, I, I'm I'm real excited to see what they've done this year and um, uh, watch them beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame and and uh, get into college football playoff. But for me, it goes back to when I was coming out of high school. Um, me and my parents came went down to Cincinnati for just to visit the city and so forth. And uh, I think coach mentor was the head coach at that time. And um, I remember my mom telling me when we left campus, she said, you'll, you'll never go to school here. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just, she felt like there's a stigma there and, and uh, kind of dangerous and all the crime and so forth. But then, you know, fast forward just three or four years later when I was leaving Wake Forest and, you know, we take, took the same tour with my parents and just the, the changing of the campus and city and, and environment and so forth. And after being away at Wake Forest, she said, you're not going anywhere else. So um, there's, there's a rapid change there in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I came in with Coach Kelly, um, you know, they, they'd already kind of established themselves the year before in 2006, they beat Rutgers. Yep. Um, and, you know, everyone stormed the field. I remember watching that game on ESPN, like, man, that's in the state of Ohio. I'd love to be a part of something like that, just a football culture. Right. And so I got to do that in 2007. We had a pretty good year, won 10 games. And then, you know, they went to two BCS Bowls there right. um, mm -hmm. the two years after with, with Tony Pike and so forth and Zach Kolaris um, leading the helm. And then they've kind of they've always been on the brink. I remember in 2007 when I got there, I said, man, if we just win games, people will show up. I remember I had a teammate oh, yeah. tell me, they're like, Mark, nobody comes to our games. And I say, if we win games, this mm -hmm. is a professional city. You got the Bengals, you got the Reds. People will come watch watch a team that wins. And we saw that happen in 2007. And then just watching, you know, Ohio State's and those those teams that were in the top 10 that year kept losing. And I was like, man, if we just keep winning, we got to be in the conversation. Right. And so um, at that time, we we're in the Big East and, you know, you had an automatic BCS bid. So we weren't that far off. You know, as long as you beat West Virginia and Louisville, you're going to be in the conversation. Um, and then, you know, going to the American Athletic Conference, being, you know, kind of out of the power five, it, it still was, hey, that's a city that, you know, you have the Bengals and the Reds there. And if you win, you know, you got to be in the conversation. And now they're they're right where they where I expected them to be when I was there in 2007. Oh, absolutely, man. When I when I my freshman year was uh, 1993, where the grid is now, where they tailgate, that was parking lots. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember I remember the first game I was there, Coach Kelly was really trying to establish something. And he said, you know, um, Normally, I guess the players I talked to said they used to bus from the hotel over to the stadium. Coach Kelly said, no, we're walking. Yeah. He said, you know, the fans are going to be there. We're going to walk. And remember that first game, we walked to the stadium and nobody was there. And then <laughs> you know, by, by the end of the year, people had kind of caught on. The band and cheerleaders had caught on to what was going on. And that walk was completely different from Southeast Missouri at the beginning of the year until we played, you know, UConn and West Virginia there at the end of the year. Uh, a lot of people started showing up and you could tell, hey, this is – you know, they're on to something here. Right. You know, if you get if you get a quality coach that's willing to stay, you know, you can recruit local talent um, and bring in some nationally profiled players and you can win games and be in the conversation. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a ton of talent, <laughs> high school talent just in the city of Cincinnati that would leave, you know, because it was, you know, UC wasn't a, a powerhouse, which I mean, we're not necessarily a powerhouse now, but we're we're on the map. I'll put it to you that way. We're yeah, on the I map think now. That's what one of the genius things that Coach Kelly did was hire uh, Kerry Combs from Coleraine. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I remember when I was in those staff meetings the next year as a graduate assistant or, or quality control, whatever they named me. But uh, Coach Kelly had a 100-mile radius. We got to mm -hmm. take the top players in a 100-mile radius, and that's all we need. And then we right. can go to Florida or California and get one or two guys. But if we just stay in a 100-mile radius, I think Coach Fickle now has a 300-mile radius because they're – kind of establish themselves, but right. there's enough players and local talent that you can be in a national powerhouse. Absolutely. Um, so. Now you, you, you came here cause you injured your, your arm, I think is it right in, in, uh, in Wake Forest. How, how's, how's the arm now? Is it, is it still, you still got problems with it or is it all better? Um, yeah. So I, I train a lot of quarterbacks on the side. I got kids that come in from Arkansas and all over the, you know, this tri-state area, tri area, Kansas, Arkansas and mm -hmm. Missouri. And, and I train them and, 
um, every once in a while, you know, if it's a good day, I'll, I'll throw back and forth with them. And I'm like, man, I still got it. And then the next, next day I wake up and uh, be pretty sore and have to take some Tylenol. So I throw a lot, I throw pretty well underhand. I thought, you know, Hey, if there's an underhand football league, I may join it, but um, it doesn't give hey, me too many problems today. You got, you got a, a, a beer league softball. There you go. That, that, that's yeah, up your, yeah. up your alley now. Yeah, so my, my, wife, my wife did say she wanted to get into co-ed softball league. So I was like, well, we'll look at that. I played in, I think a, like in a celebrity all-star game in the Cincinnati area with a couple of former Bengals players. And I, I fielded one from the outfield and threw it straight to home. Pretty good throw, but my arm hurt a little bit. So I'd have to play either catcher or pitcher or something. Exactly. So, so the year you guys played, who who are some of your, your favorite uh, targets that, that you, you had? Did, did, did uh, Kelsey, was he there? Was Travis Kelsey when you were there or was he after you? No, J- Jason played offensive line for us. And then Travis came in um, the year I was trying to get my sixth year. He came in as a uh, freshman quarterback from Cleveland. So I, I knew of him and he was there that, that year after I played when I was still trying to get another year to play, but um, so I'm familiar with him, but my, uh, I remember a conversation we had in a quarterback room was, you know, our, our coach came in and said, you know, if there's one guy comes down to the end of the game, who are you going to throw it to? And all the quarterbacks are saying who they wanted. And, and uh, we had, we had a few on the team that year, Marcus mm-hmm. uh, Barnett, called him mm-hmm. bones. He was a freshman, mm-hmm. yep. he about 140 pounds, but he would do anything to catch the ball. And then Dominic Goodman, who's, you know, one of the yep. all time leading receivers in Cincinnati history, um, I had two pretty good targets to, to get the ball to. And then Marty Gilliard was there too, still young. But um, so I had some good guys to get the ball to. And that's, Connor Barwin. Awesome. Connor Barwin was yes, a tight end. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah I, I, people forget about it because he was a tight end when you played. And I think the next year they switched him to linebacker and, and that turned him into an NFL player. He got yeah, to play for yeah, a, a yeah. couple of years as a, a yeah, linebacker. Very athletic, very athletic player. I, had a big, I mean, I, I'm, I'm tall. I'm like 6'3". I, I remember standing next to him one time. I'm like, hey. I think Connor, if I remember right, um, before I was there was part of the basketball team too. Yes. The yes. Basketball and football and then focused mm-hmm. on football and which was a good decision for him to play in the NFL for a while. <laughs> yeah. He played on the basketball team because that's when Huggins was gone and we didn't have a whole lot of players. So, right. yeah. so Connor got to go, go on there and play. So do you ever get back to Cincinnati? Have you, have you got to, to, uh, to a game this year at all? So um, not this year in 2014, um, my dad retired. Uh, he was the athletic director, head football coach at Kenton, Ohio in Ohio. And my uh, younger brother had went to Mizzou. Um, and my sister was living in Springfield, Missouri. She went to school out here. And, and so when my dad retired, they wanted to be closer to my sister. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be the last one in Ohio. So I came with them. Right. Um, so we're all out in Missouri. My older brother has since moved here and, uh, kind of stuck here in Missouri. And, you know, I watch them on TV. I'm, I'm excited about them moving to the, the big 12 because there's yes. Kansas state and Oklahoma state and a lot of teams out this way that I can go watch and play, but I haven't been able to get back as much as I'd like to. And then I got married and, um, kind of focused on, you know, our family and, and what's best for us here. And I've, I told him, say, we got to get back to the Nipper stadium one time. You guys got to see Absolutely. what a night game at Nipper's like. And so, Dude, I, I say that all the time. Nip at night is one of the, I've said it a million times on the show here. Nip at night is one of the best college venues around. And, People ask me why. I'm like, I think it's it's because you're in a hole in the ground. You're in the middle of campus. The noise doesn't really go anywhere. It's just awesome. What what's it like playing as a player at Nip at Night? Um, it's it was a very exciting atmosphere. I think you know after I had a different experience because I played down at Wake Forest um, for three years, and uh, kids down there they come to the games in like uh, suit and tie, and the girls will wear sundresses. And I was like, man, this is just I'm from Ohio. This isn't a football <laughs> atmosphere. And then. I had that chance, opportunity to play at Cincinnati that in 2007, and just to see kids start to paint their face and paint their chest and be freezing cold. And that year, I think they it was unexpected. I think they just let kids come into the game because they wanted more oh, yeah. fans there. And oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember we were playing Marshall. Uh, I talked to Mike Daniels, who's now the running back coach at Georgia Tech. Um, I talked to him a little bit, and I was, at the beginning of the year, I said, people will come to our games. And he's the one that told me, said, no one comes to our games. And I was like, if we win, people will come here. And we remember playing Marshall – and they took the advertisements out of the first like 20 rows of the stadium because there's so many people that were trying to get in. And I remember looking up um, in the second half and there's people uh, sit, literally sitting in trees trying to watch the game. <laughs> right. And so I was like, man, you just don't get this kind of atmosphere anywhere else. You know, you can go to Ohio State and and play in those big stadiums and so forth. But the atmosphere of being right on campus um, sold out, you know, at, at that time, not many schools sold, sold uh, beer in the stadium. So a lot of people are coming for that and just a. Uh, just a different atmosphere. And I remember they told me before the year, we come out like the Bengals with the fireworks and everything. Yeah. And um, they run down to the student section. The band comes down the stairs. There's so many memories that, uh, you know, just you just cherish those moments and being able to 
uh, playing in front of those fans. Yeah, man, I always get fired up and uh, watching the the band run the stairs, and I, I mm. always trips me out. I, it's happened every once in a while, but more of them don't fall down those stairs, man. Yeah, that's what yeah. I remember. My mom, we still talk about it because I was trying to describe to my wife what it's like playing in that stadium at night. And my mom said the band comes down the, the, the stairs and so forth, and she said. I wonder what happened to that one girl, that one guy that fell when they were coming down. And there was a kid from my high school in the band at the time. And I don't know if it was him or not, but um, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting atmosphere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you know what the the thing is, they dug it down. I think twice. So like the lower you get, the steeper it gets. And, the, and I got big feet, so it's it's yeah. it's kind of kind of hard to get down there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little uh, stressful in the summertime. We run the stadium stairs and so forth, uh, especially if they keep lowering the stadium. It's more stairs you got to run. Right, exactly. Now the stadium looks a little different now than than when you played. You got the whole uh big media box and uh the suites above on the uh it's on the opposite side, the visitor side now. Yeah. That wasn't even there yet. Um, when you were there, what was the grid there? Was that there? I can't remember if that was there when you when you played there or not. Or was that still a parking lot? Where we all where are um, tailgates at now? They were they were starting. I think they were in the talks of putting putting all that stuff okay. together. I remember even with the stadium, the reconstruction because there's so much historical aspects of the stadium they right. didn't want to take that away but how to right. expand the stadium coach kelly had all these different drawings marked up and so forth so i mean uh, you see cincinnati where they are now and i remember just those conversations and coach kelly's vision for what cincinnati could be at that time um it was just for me it was just a matter of time before it took yeah. off because yeah you know um being in a, in a city like cincinnati and having that recruiting um the recruits in that area i mean just a matter of time before they took off and were national powerhouse so let's so let's talk about about Coach Kelly and, and I was a, a big Coach Kelly fan. I was very disappointed when he left, and now he left and now he's down at LSU with his family down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also developed a Southern accent down there. But what was it like uh, playing for Coach Kelly anyway? Um, I would say it's it's probably different for a kid coming out of high school than it was for me because I had four years in college, and so my dad coached me in high school. And high school coaches are more mellow uh, most of the time. And so I went to Wake Forest and Coach Grobe was the head coach there, older guy, and he kind of was more mellow as well. And then you get Coach Kelly, who calls you about every name in the book on the <laughs> sidelines and during practice and some words I never even knew before. But, <laughs> as a, you know, as a, as a 21, 22-year-old, you know, I could take it and just understand right. the coaching points. Whereas, you know, if I was just coming to high school, I mean, it would have been a very radical change for me. But, you know, I would, um, I would say, you know, Coach Kelly – when he took a chance on me in 2007, cause I didn't know where I was going to go to school when I was right. leaving Wake Forest. Um, I was going to go to Minnesota and then Glenn Mason and their staff got fired. So I had nowhere to go. Um, and coach Kelly kind of took a chance on me. So I was willing to do anything and everything for that man. And, and uh, I still support him. I know he left Cincinnati and that was a hard time for a lot of people and leaving Notre Dame. I think even more people hate him now, but um, <laughs> for what he did for me and in, in my career and, and uh, my education and so forth, there's nothing I wouldn't do for that guy. And I'll support him all the way through. Yeah, I look at it differently. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have got to the Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and we wouldn't even – me as a UC fan, I never thought that, that UC would ever get to those heights. And Kelly got us there. So the, the, that's where, like, this year I've been telling everybody, it's like, enjoy this, you know, because yeah. you never know when it's going to happen or if it's going to happen again because I didn't enjoy it too much. Or I enjoyed it, but not as much as I probably should have back right. then. Yeah. And so that, that's that, that's why I always thank Coach Kelly for that. You know, I, I it was – if it wasn't for him – you know, we wouldn't be in the Big Twelve and all, all this other stuff. So. Yeah, I think I think for him it was um, he was very good as far as the business side of things. Um, he was a lot like Lane Kiffin. It, it didn't matter if it was bad news, good news. He was going to have Cincinnati on ESPN right. talking mm -hmm. about something. I remember they there was a, a, a special or an episode and, and the story about Marty Gilliard being homeless that yes. year in the off season mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of players. Car. Team, yeah, and so I, I was new then, um, didn't really know Marty, but a lot of players like, wait a second, you know, I don't know if that story's all the way true because Marty was staying on our, on, in our apartment at the time. He was, we never let him stay in his car, but Coach Kelly played up on it because ESPN right. was buying into it. Right, right. They were talking about Cincinnati, and so it was yeah. in the news, and that's what I said too. You know, it's just you're not in the middle of Kansas, you're not in the middle of Nebraska, you're in a professional city where I talk about the Bengals and they got a lot of media attention and so forth. So Cincinnati just, uh, I think it was a school waiting to erupt and. I think people are starting to find out about it. And now going with the Big 12 is just going to expose their brand even more. And um, it's going to be a household name here. And as far as college football is concerned, moving forward. Exactly. Now, Matthew here says, I still remember the mock chop. When he called yeah. up Rutgers, he was doing the Rutgers chop oh, yeah. and, and was hyped. Yeah, you, yeah you that's, what, 
Got they it. had uh, they had Drake Shiano, who's back there now, but he was the head coach there, and they had Ray Rice, who we, we learned about him later on in the NFL right. and so forth. Right. But um, they had a pretty good team that year, and I think at one time um, the Big East was 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 really good that year. Um, yeah, Rutgers was number two at one point. South Florida was number two. Mm-hmm. Um, UConn was number two, and then West Virginia was in their top ten. So it was a pretty pretty tough conference that year. And Rutgers had a pretty good team. They had the McCourty brothers and defensive backfield, and uh, I remember they played Navy like a week or two before us. And um, from Wake Forest, just the respect you have for the military academies when you play them. And uh, there's a player from Navy that got hurt, and I think they took too much time on the field, and the fans started booing him. Mm. And so for whatever reason, I remember my dad, you know, dad always tried to find ways to motivate me to to do well. And he was talking to me, hey, can you believe they booed that Navy player? And so I had a lot of pent-up energy, and I wanted to beat them really bad. And if you remember that game, we were down 17-7 at halftime, came back Mm. and beat them. but I get a shot. I used to get a shot of Toradol before each game. Right. And so a lot of your emotions and so forth, I think it throws you off off balance. And so when we finally realized we were going to win the game, I remember because their, their motto that year is no matter what happens, if it's going good, going bad, just keep shopping. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Yep. So that was their signal. Their head coach would do that. And I was like, man, this is, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't like that. I didn't like <laughs> them. And so um, and my dad, ta- I talked to him before the game and, and their travel to the game, they had to cross some some inner city neighborhoods and my mom was a little scared so i was like you know what we got to beat these guys and i was just finding finding ways to motivate myself and when we finally realized we we're gonna win i just had to jog across yeah. their sideline just hey you're gonna lose but keep chopping next week so <laughs> right. um, just exactly. sitting home. and just exactly. you know to be a part of 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 the, the cincinnati program and and having watched them in 2006 when i had no knowledge i was going to be playing in cincinnati beat Rutgers, and uh that memorable night as a, as a cincinnati bearcat fan um to have the ability to go up there the next year. And they just expanded their stadium playing at night and um, great atmosphere. And I think the motion's got the best of me. And I just let them know that they can <laughs> keep shopping somewhere else. Hey, that's fine. I, I enjoyed the hell out of when you did that. Uh, Crip Keeper says, uh, Mr. Ben, do you teach I kids at your school? Uh, and how, how to put your mouthpiece in your mouth right? I remember you, Mr. Mock, LOL, with your mouthpiece. Yeah, so- so I always I always put my mouthpiece inside of my mouth. I never really fit me right. Never feel like I could talk right with a mouthpiece. And they had all these different molds that they would do, and it fit perfect. But I, just, I didn't feel like my voice was was what was what it should be. So I just put it in the side of my mouth. And now every time I look back at a uh, a picture of me playing football, I get my mouthpiece in the side of my mouth. And I'm like, what was I doing? So I have to explain that to everybody. But it just I don't know. I don't know. Um, some people when you're chewing on something, it makes you think, or I don't right, know. I mean, right. when you when you get when you get a shot or something, if you bite down or something, yeah, it doesn't hurt right. as bad. So I always just put that mouthpiece inside and just bit down as hard as I could. Uh, I think I went through like two mouthpieces a game because I chewed oh, on it so much. I do that. My son used, used to play hockey and he he would chew those things up. I we'd go through two or three freaking seasons. I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. what, do you, oh, what yeah. do you do? Do you eat these things? <laughs> what you yeah, doing? there's there's sometimes the pieces would get into it. I always I'd always bite a hole in it because I chew on it so hard. But I don't know. I don't know. So I, just, I can see behind you. You got you got the number nine jersey. So. Yeah, you got, number, you got number nine uh, representing doing pretty pretty good uh, this year. What how, have you gotten to uh, to watch Desmond Ritter at all? And what, how yeah. do you think he is? As yeah, far as quarterback I, I got players? to watch him. I think um, I've said this before. I think you know, as as good of a, a football player as he is, I think he's even a better person. You know, being a father and and uh, all that entails, and the time commitment that takes, and then going to school and that time commitment, and then football on top of that, the way he's handled everything, and and just the successes he's had on on top of everything else he's doing in his life has been uh, a joy to watch and an inspiration for, I think, a lot of people. But I'm excited for him to, to play on Friday and, and uh, showcase, again, his talents and abilities and, and bring bring a win back to Cincinnati. Absolutely. So do, do you get a little pride that he's wearing your number? You know, oh, absolutely. Does, 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 I mean, I wonder if does he even know that was your number? Or, I mean, I, I, you guys, have better. you guys ever had a conversation about it? He better know. No, I, <laughs> I think, no, I think, uh, I think the best thing about him wearing number nine is that um, – uh, they sell the number nine jerseys in a lot of stores. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my kids will see that and they're like, Hey, that's, that's your Jersey. It's like, yeah, that's, that's still up there. So as long as somebody wearing number nine is doing well and they're selling the jerseys, it looks like it's still mine to my kids. Right. Until they get old enough to realize it's probably Desmond Ritter's or somebody else's. But, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good thing. That's cool. Now uh, you, you mentioned a couple of times here, you see moving on to the big 12. Um, I actually think the big 12, once, whenever the, that move actually happens, it might be next yeah. year, year after that, it might be a more competitive conference w- the way it's going to be compared to the way it is now. What, what's your thoughts on, on UC going there? And I got, I have a feeling UC has a chance to, I don't want to say dominate, the, but 
win it, uh, win the league a couple times. Or yeah, I think times. I think they're gonna they're gonna be. Uh, I always wondered why, you know, West Virginia, Louisville, and Rutgers, and, and Maryland, all these teams are realigning. Why someone didn't pick up Cincinnati? Because, like I said, right. it's a professional city um, with with a large market base and so forth. But um, going to the Big Twelve, I I like the move personally because those teams are out here. Your Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa yeah, State, they're closer Oklahoma for you. State, yeah. So I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be able to go to a lot of these games now, but. <laughs> Um, so I'm excited about it, but it's going to grow the brand. Like I said, of Cincinnati, there'll be more people exposed to to the Bearcats and so forth. A lot more fans will develop because of it. Um, so it's going to be good for the program in and of itself. But I think um, they're going to have a chance to win right away, especially with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Right. Um, it's going to doors going to be wide open, and you know that the the pass happy offenses and the excitement that that brings um, is going to do well as well. I mean, West Virginia's in there. You know, it's a it's a rivalry that we, we used to have that's going to yes. be renewed. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be exciting too. Um, but those teams also have to travel Cincinnati. So exactly. as far as recruiting, you know, if you're from Cincinnati, you're wondering, Hey, Ohio state or Cincinnati or, or Michigan, where am I going to go? And now you bring in Oklahoma state and, you know, that's mm -hmm. showcasing the city of Cincinnati. I think it's going to help with recruiting purposes as well. Absolutely. I, I, I can't, I, I, I yeah. can't wait. I, I would love to know when, when they, uh, when, what day it's going to happen. Now, Crip, we always have to ask this. Are you a skyline chili guy or you're gold star guy? Um, or you still like it all? <laughs> I uh, so my roommate when I was at Cincinnati, I lived downtown. Uh, a guy from my hometown actually lived in Cincinnati and worked, so I lived with him, which is a pretty good setup. But he uh, did a lot of commercials for Gold Star, so Gold Star was was popular with him. But I was a Skyline Chili guy. Um, oh yeah, that's that's my dude so right there. I think oh, I don't oh, know if it's guy. called the Coney case or whatever it is. I used to get like ten or ten ten of ten of them at a time, which yeah. wasn't good for my weight, but it was good for my. <laughs> I actually, it's funny that you, that got brought up because I just told my wife because our my birthday is coming up um, January fourth, and I was like, "Hey, thank you." Um, I was like, uh, "If you really want to make my birthday special, I said you got to order some Skyline Chili. You know, get it delivered. Yes, and uh, that that'll be that'll make my birthday complete." Um, <laughs> but that's what I've also talked to her. I was like, "Man, I don't know what the deal is, but if we could open up a Skyline here, and if they won't do it, let's make something similar because I think it would take off here in Springfield." But I don't know. I, I miss yeah, it. Yeah. I do miss Skyline Chili. Yeah, they, they. When I get my wife's from Florida, so when we go down to Florida, it's funny. My in laws are like, "We gotta go to Skyline." I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. I'm like, "You do realize I can get it anytime I want, but I'll go get it. I, I got no yeah. problem with it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do miss it. It's and it's an acquired taste. I remember the first time I went there, I went with like Tony Pike or somebody, and they're like, "You're gonna love this." And I remember I was like, "I don't know." And then two days later, I was like, "We gotta go back to Skyline." I don't know what's going <laughs> on. So it just kept pulling me back, and I'd go there all the time. I miss exactly. it exactly. Now I know. Oh, I think it was last week. You were on uh, Chad Brendel's podcast. You got you and a whole bunch of other guys, and I didn't get to watch, but I got to listen to it earlier. That, that, how many guys were were on that 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 show with you? That was an awesome show to, to listen to, by the way. So I think there was I think there were seven other guys on there. Um, Jason Fabini, who's um, that's someone I always heard the name of and saw mm -hmm. pictures of when I was playing there and, and coaching there. Um, but to actually be able to have a conversation with him and listen to him speak and see him as he's talking. Um, that was a that was a special time, and just some of those other Cincinnati greats. Um, and I think you know Cincinnati continues to do well in football. I think um, with Fickle staying there, you're gonna see a lot more a lot more alumni come back. And oh, there's yeah. a strong there's a strong base there. I think a lot of people don't um, really comprehend and understand because you've, you've had so many different coaches, um, right. and some coaches uh, reach out to alumni, and a lot some other coaches do not do do not do so much. So I think Fickle's doing a good job. And uh, when you start looking at some of the players that actually played at Cincinnati and what they've done in the NFL and elsewhere in their careers. I think it's a pretty special, special thing to be a part of. Yeah. I think they got, if I'm doing this right, they got the Letterman uh, community or Letterman tailgate. I know they have a Letterman tailgate or whatever, whatever they call it. Yeah. Letterman's club. Yeah. Letterman's club. There it is. Yeah. 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 And it's a couple guys that um, were young guys when I was there are kind of spearheading that and helping out a lot with it. And they're doing a really good job. And I think they got something planned for down in Dallas and, um, they're just doing a really good job of making sure everyone's still a part of of what's going on and feeling a part of all the success they've had this year. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not going to Dallas. I wish I was, but my plan is if they well, excuse me, when they beat right. Bama, right. You got yeah. to exist when they beat them, and we're going to uh, they play in Indy. I'm going to Indy now. If yeah. I don't get a ticket, I'm going to find someplace, some bar or someplace. And I don't know if you if you follow me on on probably not on Twitter, but Facebook or whatever. I do victory laps around my neighborhood. Right. Yeah, I've seen when, it. Yeah. yeah. So when we win, they win the whole damn thing. I'm uh, I'm a fat 
40, almost 47 year old guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably get one of those scooters. I might be able, be able to run, get one of those scooters and just go around the whole freaking stadium with the, my yeah. UC flag. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that's what, uh, you know, with the national, it just seems like it's it's fate, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. the national championships in, in Indianapolis. And so it's not that far from Cincinnati. I, I can't imagine how many Cincinnati fans will be there um, in support of the Bearcats, but I'm, uh, I'm hoping for a Cincinnati Michigan final two. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't mind running back with with Georgia. I have a lot of Georgia fans yeah, that yeah. came after me last year, and now they all kind of respect it. That's when last year I said, "Look, oh, they went after me, dude." I said, "I said we have a winnable game," and they're like, "What?" Yeah, I'm like I'm not. It is. We're a good team with, and that's the way I feel about this with game with Alabama. It's a winnable game. Now, what scared me or scares me is how many points they put on Georgia. Right. That scared scared me. But Alabama barely beat a one legged quarterback in in Auburn. So right. it depends on what game or what team comes out. And UC, in my opinion, this year hasn't played their complete game yet. You know, mm. they haven't hit on all cylinders just yet, which is good. Yeah. Maybe that's what they need to do uh, this game. I think Desmond and the guys got to get out to a, a fast start because I think they've started a little slow in a lot of games. What, what, what's your keys to the game? Well, I, th- I think that, you know, Cincinnati's they got to continue to come in with the uh, as the underdog with a chip on their shoulder. And play that way throughout. You know, just play nasty. Just play Cincinnati football. Right. Um. You know, good defense, and you know, manage the game on offense, and and uh, you know, control the clock, control the uh, control the ball as long as possible. Just get first downs. It's not about you know throwing an eighty-yard touchdown pass on every play, but just right. manage the game, getting moving the chains, getting first downs, and keeping the Alabama defense on there. I know, I know what Saban struggled with in the past is just those fast-paced offenses. Right. So being able to change the pace on offense and, and go at a, at a high tempo. And get them off off uh, off balance a little bit. I think it's going to be one of the keys. And then just playing sound defense, not getting beat deep. Um, you know they're going to they're going to make plays. They're going to gain yards. Obviously, they may score points, but you know just uh, trying to manage that and play like a bend don't break defense and mm-hmm. and try to get them to kick field goals instead of score touchdowns. And I think it puts you in a position to succeed and and to win. Just you look at the Georgia game last year. I think that's the same recipe for success. You know, it's a game that Cincinnati should have won. You know, not yeah. and could have won. Could, yeah, know, if they, you know, they had a kick, what a fifty-six yard field goal to win right. the freaking thing. I'm yeah, like, you so I think you know, just putting yourself in and giving yourself a chance to win at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Coach Kelly always says. You know, don't watch the scoreboard. Just the team that plays harder, longer is going to win. And I right. think you know, with Cincinnati and and you know being the underdog in a lot of these big games, I think that's going to be something that plant you know plays out. And then you know, you get Alabama. A lot of those guys are looking at NFL careers, and mm-hmm. they've already been there, done that. And um, so well, I think they I, I'm, excited, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, me too. I, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see if they go after Sauce Gardner because uh, nobody's going after him this year. And then Kobe Bryant, I saw on Twitter, is going to be wearing number eight in the uh, in the bowl game for for you know Kobe Bryant, the, the right. basketball player. So I, 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 I that's the 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 one I'm really looking for is our our secondary versus their wide receivers. Now they're missing their their best wide receiver, right. it, it, and I can't think of his name right now. He's not, he's not going to play, but. I'm curious. Nobody's really thrown to Sauce Gardner at, at all this year. I mean, he's pretty much locked locked it down. I wonder if Alabama will stay away from him. Yeah, as well. I, I I think they're gonna they're gonna try to attack him. I mean, yeah. I think you know if you go to Alabama, you're one of the top in the country, and you're not gonna back down from anybody. Right. Um, and I think that plays in the Cincinnati's hands too. Mm-hmm. You know, right. let's let's go after our you know the number one defensive back in the in, in college football and see what happens. You know, that's that as a Cincinnati fan, that's what that's what you want them to do. Right. That's what, that's where you want the ball going. So. Um, no, I'm excited, but I think matching up, um, I think all across the board, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of disadvantages, if any. Um, and, uh, I just, and play inspired football. I mean, just play Cincinnati football and they'll be I mean, all right. The thing is, Bearcats got nothing to lose. I mean, right, exactly. People are like, oh, they're going to go get blown out. This, this argument drives me nuts. Okay. They get blown out. Ohio State's gotten blown out. Clemson's gotten blown out. Oklahoma's gotten blown out. It doesn't mean bleep you know right, right. it doesn't mean up oh, see uc doesn't deserve to be there bull crap no it doesn't that mean anything everybody gets blown out it's you know it's college football yeah i think if you look down you lift look down the coaching staff at cincinnati i mean there's a lot of you know coaches that have, have been a part of those big games you know mm-hmm. when coach kelly was at cincinnati and we um, went down and, and and played in the orange bowl that first year that was really his his big moment he'd never been there before right you know as coach fickle with his history of being ohio state and playing those big games he knows how to prepare a team um, and then from a player's perspective, you know, I was at Wake Forest and played in the Orange Bowl, and uh, our coaches were more um, more of a hands-off. And you can compare Wake Forest to Cincinnati because, you know, Wake Forest, that was like their one time of going to a, a big, you know, BCS game at that time. Right. 
And uh, so the coach was like, hey, we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy yeah. this moment. There was They kept it just like it was on campus. No curfew until the night before. Um, but the problem was we played on January 2nd. So New Year's <laughs> Eve, I remember on, on New Year's Day, I was walking down to breakfast at like 8 a.m. And there's guys coming in from the night out before because there's no curfew. Right. And then uh, seeing it play out that way. Um, and then with Coach Kelly the next year is more business oriented. Like, hey, we're going to have a nine, you know, 10 o'clock. It's going to go back an hour each each night. And then the night before the game, he took the players to a, a remote um, off-site location to a hotel to get away from everything. And so I think Fickle is going to – he's been in those games. Had He's seen Coach Tressel, how he's done it, mm -hmm. um, and he's going to do it the right way. And he's going to have guys ready to play. Um, yeah, and a lot of people don't think about that. But the week before – the week of the game, when you're in Dallas, Texas – and you're getting all, you know, you get this stipend, you get all this money, and you can go out and do all this stuff. You know how those coaches handle those situations plays right. a, a major factor into into uh, into the game as well. Right. Well, it's a little different too this year with with COVID and all, all that stuff. They're, they oh, can't yeah. go do as much as as they normally like you you guys could do. So that that yeah. might stifle it a yeah, little bit on too. what, the, what they too. can and can't do. It's still yeah. gonna be it's still gonna be fun. I, like I said, I I I've been down to Texas. I've seen that stadium. That is one of the biggest damn stadiums. Right. Yeah. It's freaking! It's huge. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My my little brother got to play in the uh, the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma State down there, and then uh, he played in a high school All Star game there. So um, he's been in that environment. Just I mean, we're just talking about how big it was and how big the, the jumbo screen is and everything. Yeah, I, I didn't so, get inside. I just saw the outside of it. Holy crap! It, like, yeah, Paul Brown Stadium would fit inside of it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how big yeah. it is. Yeah. So I, have you uh, have you seen? Were you there when we had, when UC had the practice bubble, or was that after you? That came right after me. It was in, in the talks with Coach Kelly where he was trying to get that done. Um, and then uh, it came after me after I was there. So how how, how big is that? Because I mean, the Bengals don't have one. UC finally has one. I mean, and, and people always give the Bengals crap for not having one. And UC finally has one. So how, how big of a, of, a, of a deal is that for, for practicing and getting better when the weather gets cold? Which, I mean, hell, it's 50 degrees up here right now. It's not that cold, but, you know. Right. Yeah, well, that's what, you know, the, the mentality behind Coach Kelly was, you know, if we're going to be competing and playing these big games and get this program to where it needs to be or it should be, we're going to have to be able to practice indoors because these inclement weather conditions. I remember when I was there, and we were getting ready for our bowl game. We went up to uh, some indoor soccer complex, and that's where we practiced. I forget yeah. where it was, um, but we practiced inside there. And you know, the ceilings weren't high, so you couldn't punt, you couldn't kick, and so forth. So I think it's a it's a big deal as far as if you're a team that's potentially going to compete for those national championships and so forth. Um, but uh, um, what was I say? We have we have, there's a big bubble here is indoor sand volleyball courts. Really? Um, there. Yeah. It's oh, the largest it's the largest indoor sand volleyball um, courts in the United States, which I guess that's a title, but um, it's pretty impressive inside. You know, you can do anything you want. So um, as far as, you know, in the off season, then when they get back from the bowl game, they start winter conditioning and so forth. You know, the quarterbacks receivers are going to be able to continue to do what they want to do. Punters, kickers, they can go work out. But then I think another advantage is uh, the pro days. Right. Because um, when I was there, the pro day was, was almost freezing cold outside. There's snow <laughs> and the turf. And so now they can go indoors and your right. kids get a chance to to get those measurements that other schools get to as well. Now, uh, speaking of the, the uh, preseason and stuff like that and, and the offseason workout, did did you guys go to a higher ground when you were here? Yeah. Yeah. We went to higher ground. Uh, we I spent I think I spent two or three nights in Dabney Hall. And then we took a bus, charter bus out to uh, higher ground, stayed, stayed out there in those. Um, that area is so everybody talks about the food. Is the food as good as everybody says it is? The food is as good as everyone says. If you ever have a relative or um, get out there for media day, um, make sure you take part in the food. That's like the the, the biggest, best thing out there. <laughs> that's all I ever hear about. All oh, the food's great. The food's great. I'm like, well, it must be because that's <laughs> yeah, the food you talking food about. It, man. So, you know, I was there, I played one year, um, and then I, I, I came back the next year, um, trying to get a six year. Um, but uh, wasn't really a part of the team at that time. But um, I was inexperienced because all the the veterans, the four year, five year guys, um, they all had their Nintendo sixty fours and all these video games they brought with them. And I, so all we did was play Mario Kart, and then we ate food <laughs> and practiced and meetings and so forth. So this now is a good time to get to know each other. And I remember right when you you were you were already graduated when you came here, basically. Right. So did, did, you didn't have a whole lot of classes really to to to, to take care of, did you? Or were you mostly just no? Like so. The, the at that time and coach Kelly just understanding the rule and with the transfer portal now it's a lot different but right um according coach Kelly thought the only way I could be eligible to play in 2007 was if I was dual if I was enrolled at at Cincinnati in the spring 
Mm. And so I was, I was student teaching. So the only way I could take classes in Cincinnati was online. The only online program that I hadn't passed a deadline for was criminal justice. So my last year at Wake Forest in the spring, I was student teaching and taking online criminal justice classes. Um, and then the plan was when I got to Cincinnati to start taking in, in-person classes um, in, a, in a degree that I was more interested in. But I fell in love with the criminal justice and I stayed online my entire years I was there. So I didn't have to actually wake up and go to class. I could sleep in or go get treatment on my arm, shoulder. I could watch film, do whatever I wanted to during the day and then show up to practice. So pretty, pretty good gig for me when I was there. Yeah, I bet, I bet some of the guys are jealous, jealous of you. What would you, what you oh, got yeah. to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, I mean, I'm sure now with COVID and everyone's taking these online classes, everyone kind of gets a little familiar with what I went through. But um, right. it was a, a great experience. And on days I, I needed more sleep, I could sleep in and then show up when I wanted to. So did you stay, stay on campus or did you stay off campus? I stayed off campus. I stayed down on uh, Liberty Hill Avenue um, okay. down there by close to downtown. Yeah, because another thing I, I know some of the guys that brought up when you're on the uh, podcast with Chad that <laughs> I think one of them compared the dorm where they stayed at close to close to jail. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we, and that's we had to stay in those rooms for two or three nights. I remember staying in there; it was just miserable. And uh, I remember they asked me if we had air conditioning. I I still don't think there's air conditioning in those halls. I don't know if they tore them down yet or not. But I remember me and Tony Pike shared a room, and we uh we had a fan in there, uh, which was an interesting experience. We used to. Uh, <laughs> He used to set an alarm for like 1 a.m. in the morning. And, Why? I, and so the first night I woke up and I was like, what are you doing? And he's he told me the next day, he said, well, I like to, you know, when your alarm goes off, you're always upset that you got to get up for the day. But he said, you know, if you ever wake up, um, you know, hours before you're supposed to and realize you still have two hours of sleep, you know, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. Right. right. And so he was forcing his body to do that. So we'd wake up at like 1 a.m. And then go back to sleep, like wake up, like, oh, we got to get ready. He's like, wait a second. We still got three hours of sleep. So then those three hours are like the best sleep in the world. But then after like night two, I was like, man, I'm, I know we're going to wake up at one. So it doesn't work anymore. But, um, but yeah. And then, then as I was leaving the freshman dorms, they had these like suites and like their own rooms, their own lobby yeah. area. And, uh, but no, I stayed downtown at a pretty nice place. My, my uh, roommate was in commercial real estate. So we had a pretty nice setup down there that overlooked the city. So oh, that's awesome. Complain. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen. I got two of the new uh, uh, workout facilities three years ago or something. Like that. It is. It is unbelievable. It, it, I mean, it's top quality. I mean, it's it's as good as any D one. I mean, I've never been to anybody else's, but it looks pretty damn good to me. From yeah, what I've seen. yeah. No, when I got there, I was I was highly impressed because they had just built the, the new weight room and then the training facilities. That uh, I mean, it looked like a pool that you could swim in, but it was a hot tub and then a cold tub for before and after practices. But you know, I knew something was different about Cincinnati because I went in for my therapy and uh, um, Carson Palmer was in there. And then uh, the guy on game day that uh, Pollock, David Pollock was in there with yeah. his neck injury. Yeah. So they're getting they're getting therapy and doing rehab with the UC trainers. And I'm like, OK, these guys are pretty legit. Right. These NFL players are in here. So um, yeah, that's one thing. UC has good, good medical school. So oh, yeah. they're, they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're known for that. They, hell, they got their own uh, a hospital <laughs> yeah so, yeah so. And that was the other, the other cool part was my uh so i'm coming off an injury not knowing if i'm going to be fully healthy for the season and um the other guy doing therapy therapy with me was chad johnson or chad Oche, whatever his name is yeah. now his brother was playing arena football and he was in there doing therapy um with the uc players and so my first pass legitimate pass coming back was to chad johnson because he used to show up and do the the summer oh, workouts really? with us yeah oh that's awesome the, and uh you know, you see him on TV and so forth, and you know he. I think he plays a part because mm-hmm. then when we would do, we're at, at a college, a university, doing our off-season workouts. And he's an NFL guy that's just showing up, and he's he's working out harder than anybody else is. I'm like, man, this guy is really dedicated to his craft, and he's really good athlete, really good uh, person just to learn from and watch right. his work ethic. That's awesome. Now I, I looked some stuff up here after after your UC career. You played 2008 in, in the Saskatchewan Rough Raiders. Yeah, and then, and then he played for the Commandos, and then, oh, and then the Tampa Bay Storm. My wife loves the, those teams. How, how did how did how did those uh how did those go for you? So, um, um, when talking with Coach Kelly and our training staff, um, my first year at, at Wake Forest, I had just uh, coming off uh, a foot injury, and so I redshirted that year. Um, and so I should have got a medical hardship that year, but they didn't give it to me. And then I shocking. Yeah. Yeah. When you deal with the NCAA um, mm-hmm. behind close, it's, it's amazing. But, and then I broke my arm and just got my shoulder. So I was out for two years and we were trying to prove that I was out for two years for medical reasons. So I should get another year back. And so right. it was looking good as, at times. 
Um, and so throughout that whole summer, that spring and summer, I'd skipped all pro days, all that activity. And I just had surgery. So I wasn't really ready to perform anyway. Right. And so I needed another year at Cincinnati to get myself where I needed to be. Um, and then it come, turns out in September, I believe, that they told me that they were going to officially deny my six-year of eligibility. So I'd missed all the NFL stuff. Right. And then I found out a team in Canada drafted me, and they wanted me to come up to learn the game because they're at the end of their season mm-hmm. and then come back the next year and kind of play for them. And so I went up there in the middle of nowhere in Canada. How cold was it? Oh, it was freezing. <laughs> people, people, <laughs> plug, people plugging in their cars to make sure that they start the next day. Oh, and, uh so I stayed in a hotel. I walked to practice every day. Um, and uh, I was my little brother was, was coming into middle school, and I, I couldn't watch any of his games because I'm in Canada. Mm. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I moved back to Cincinnati and told Coach Kelly I was going to just train and rehab and get ready for the next year's NFL Pro Day. And he was like, well, if you're going to be on campus, help me coach. And oh, okay. I, was like, I was like, all right. So I helped coach in 2008. Um, kind of helped run the quarterback room and then uh, stopped working out because I was working so much for Coach Kelly. Got out of shape, skipped the pro days again because I was like, I'm not ready for that. And uh, um, I'm just going to coach the rest of my life. And then as I started coaching, I was like, man, I want to play again. Right. And so the only opportunity to play at that time was uh, arena football team in Cincinnati. So I played for the Commandos, which, by the way, is the first um, professional football championship team in the city of Cincinnati. So. Make sure I, do, I don't even think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fun fact. It's good, good trivia for Cincinnati history. But, you know, I got to play with Dominic Goodman and Trell Bird and a lot of other guys. Hey, that didn't, played Cincinnati. didn't Eric Hicks play on that team, too, with you guys? He uh, he showed up for, for a game. I think it's like a celebrity game or something. Where oh, okay. I, I thought he liked to play linebacker or so, something like that. Yeah, he showed up um, trying to get more fans into the arena. I mean, the first game we played, there was a line out the door so far that they delayed the game by an hour to try to get all the people with Wow. Them. And that's you, play, what I, you guys played out the uh, was that down the Coliseum or is that the gar- at the gardens? Gardens, Cincinnati okay. Gardens. It's gone. I, now. I went. I went and told the the guy that was running the gardens. I was like, "Look, just open the doors and let them in for free." And right. I, I mean, just right. just pack this place, let everyone have fun, and then you know they'll come back. But uh, you know that was that was a fun year to play. Uh, just with the guys I played with the Cincinnati, kind of give me kind of because uh, I I wanted to play again after I played um, in the Papa John's Bowl against Southern Miss, and that was the opportunity to play again. And then I was like, I'm done with football. So I started teaching, and then uh, Tampa Bay Storm called, and I was like, oh, "Man, I'll, I'll try it again." So I went down to Tampa Bay. I was there for about two weeks, and I was just—I was getting coached like I was 18 years old by some guy that I don't know if he even coaches <laughs> football anymore. And I was like, "What am I doing? I'm 18 hours away from home, right? <clears throat> you know, playing arena football." So I was like, "No, nah, I just so I just packed myself up and went home, and I was done. I started teaching and coaching with my dad." Yeah, that's cool. I, that that itch that that itch is hard to get rid of, man. Once you once you play, I mean, I just played high school, and I know the yeah. first year and I couldn't play mm-hmm. anymore. I'm like, it sucked. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It it does. I mean, you. I, that's what I, people understand. I mean, when you're uh, finally done playing, you played at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely should talk to someone, or definitely have something <laughs> else, something right. else to, to fill that adrenaline rush right. um, that you're gonna miss because it's 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 a mess. It's yeah. it, it was hard that first year not playing again. I bet it was, man. Well, at least you 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 got to did it help to the coach, you know, did it help to, to be a part of that at least, you know, in the coach. Yeah, room? I think I think what helped me the most was my little brother was coming to high school and, and to be there for him and watch him grow up through mm-hmm. you know the high school ranks and play college football and kind of be a part of that with him um meant a lot for me. Um helped me, hey, I don't need to play anymore. I can have a joy in life. Right. Um, right. And football through him. I mean, I, my life wasn't I wasn't I wasn't on the street begging for anything. I just <laughs> I really right. miss playing. I really miss playing, and yeah. I thought I could still play. I still feel like there's some days I wake up like, man, if they just called me, if the Saints called me, <laughs> they, they, hey, they, they might have. They're, they're, they're down. <laughs> yeah, I said if they can't get a hold of Drew Brees, they call me. I'll come out and play for a game for them. But um, and then you get out there and throw a couple passes. Like, man, I'm glad I'm coaching. I'm <laughs> so let's talk about the the quarterback room that you were in there with. It was you, Tony Bike, and and Zach Kolaris, right? Those are the three. Yeah. So it was. Um, Dustin Grutza was the starting. Oh yes, yes, for a great, Yeah, he um, heard it. Well, the reason Tony Pike got his shot because he got injured in I think the Oklahoma game. If I, if I yeah, correct. so in in that room when I was there it was me, Dustin Grutza, Tony Pike, Craig Carey is still a quarterback at that time, um, Zach Calaris and Chaz Anderson. So we had six quarterbacks on, on scholarship, um, and I played in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Grutza started off and, and did really well, and then got you know broke his leg, and Pike came in. And then Pike, if you remember, hurt his hand or yep. thumb or something. At the West Virginia game. I was at that game. Yes. And then Calaris came in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Calaris 
didn't do well. And Chaz Anderson came in and Craig Carey. And then uh, Demetrius Jones came in that year too um, from, from Notre Dame. Okay. Um, who ended up playing linebacker Cincinnati. I have no idea how that kid ever started at Notre Dame. <laughs> but uh, he came in. And so that, that next year, I think Coach Kelly ended up playing six quarterbacks at one time or another during that 2008 season. Wow. Um, yeah, Tony that. got hurt. I remember that. And then yeah. Zach, Zach was pretty much the, the quarterback in 2010. 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Now he, he's like a big stud up in Canada now. Oh, he's yeah. Won, yeah, he's, won he's the like the, up. He's a Doug Flutie of Canada right now. <laughs> So yeah, you ever keep in t- contact with him or t- talk to him about football? Uh, no, I haven't been able to talk to him in a while. Um, he's from Steubenville, Ohio, and, and Steubenville's high school coach Reno Sokovich and my dad are pretty good friends. Mm. And so they used to you know, talk. We talked to each other through our dad, through our right, high school right, coaches. But right. um, no, I'm, I'm glad he's doing really well. He's he's worked hard and got himself to where he deserves some success. So um, well, you know, I'm Tony Pike's a, a big big radio guy down here now. He's got his own show and oh yeah, and, and all that stuff. You, you ever keep in touch with Tony? Um, every once in a while, uh, Facebook message him just about some joke from the past or some some memory that we have. But why, why hasn't he had you on a show? I mean, what, what we got all this. I mean, you 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 were you know the the quarterback before him. I mean, what? Yeah, I don't I don't know. We we, we used to hang out a lot. You know, he's from Reading, Ohio, and yeah. so uh, he used to go up there and spend a lot of time with his family and uh, a lot a lot of uh, trips to Skyline with the Pikes. Um, <laughs> right. But no, he, he's a good guy, and you know, I wish he would have stayed healthy, and uh, he yeah. knows how long he would have played in the NFL, but. Um, yeah, he had, he had a shot at Carolina. He hurt his, I think, his shoulder. I think. Yeah, yeah. And if there's anybody that's has ever played at Cincinnati that was a true Cincinnati fan, it's that is Tony Pike. Yeah. Um, who uh, he taught me a lot about the history of Cincinnati and the old C. I, you know, I had a shirt that had the old C. Paul on it, said mm-hmm. I couldn't wear it anymore. And so I was like, I'm old. What are you talking about? And then I saw, oh, there's a difference between the C. Right, Pauls. Right. Yep. And so he taught me a lot about the history and big basketball guy and, mm-hmm. and football guy. And so. Um, somebody that you know, I was I was glad to see him have so much success as a quarterback um, right. at Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, I, I've been I would go to game. I remember going to games back in the early '90s when uh, Tim Murphy was a coach, and you you could basically walk. I mean, you not basically you could walk into the game. Yeah, and you didn't have to buy. I mean, there was nobody there. We we would go and it, to to from that to to when you played to when Tony played to where it is now. It's unbelievable. That, that's why for me as a Cincinnati Bearcat fan, long, lifelong Bearcat fan. I'm still just in other shock of of where where we are at compared to where we were. I mean, this yeah. is, I've had I had J- Jim Kelly on the show here before. He's the uh, Bearcat uh, radio yeah. announcer. Yeah, and yeah. he played back in the '70s and stuff. And he's uh, when we beat Notre Dame, dude. I was he was tearing up. I was tearing up when when that's why I'm like a, like a retard going out <laughs> running around my 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 uh, neighborhood with a flag because like, this is just something that as a lifelong Bearcat, I never thought it would happen. I'm like especially. We went to Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl. That was awesome. And then I just thought, all right, maybe we're not going to get there because we're in a, you know, American. It's not a, yeah. not a, a, a power five. This has just been unbelievable. And, and when you guys, when you got here and, and you guys started, started what, where we're at now, it's just been an absolute blast. And I, I'm just, I don't know about you. I've had so much fun this year. Yeah, no, I, I think um, that's the story my dad always tells because he was there with me when they, they said that there's nobody comes to these games. Right. Not, there's, don't expect to play in a lot of, in front of a lot of people. And um, so I, it was a conversation. My dad was there and the SID sports information director was there. Uh, man, I wish I remember his name. He's a good guy. And uh, Mike Daniels. And we were all talking and they kept saying no. I was like, what about when we play? They're like, no, nobody's nobody's going. They said we played Penn State back in whatever yeah. year and, and no and it was ass packed. kicked. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even packed then. And I was like, right. I was like, man, I just I don't see it. I mean, if people go support the Bengals and Reds and we win here, people mm-hmm. will come. And I remember that the first game we, we came out and they had those uh the advertisements that they mm-hmm. sold, the first 20 rows um, <laughs> yeah. were, were blocked off. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then, you know, by the Marshall game, then the Louisville game especially, mm-hmm. and then uh, West Virginia so forth, I mean, you couldn't find a place to sit. And then it's oh, kind yeah. of continued on from there. Uh, but it's just – it's uh, it's exciting to see um, as as a former player and as, as a fan. And I, did, I didn't grow up a Cincinnati fan, um, but I, I, I think it became – that Rutgers game in 2006 really stands out to me. I think that's where I was like – I. No affiliation. Didn't know I was going to go to school there or not. But I was like, man, I hate Ohio State more than anybody else. And, <laughs> and so when they when they won, I was like, hey, wait a second, that you know that's, that's Cincinnati's in Ohio. You know that could be a potential rival. And when Gaduli almost led them to victory back uh, down at the oh, I was, dude, I was at that game. I, I, yeah, I was in the end zone where the the three touchdowns. Or Murray always caught one. Uh, uh, Olinger almost caught it. I, I thought Murray caught it. 
Yeah, I, I did too. I was freaking out, going nuts. I thought yeah. he caught it. And, and so there, there were times and moments as growing up, I was a Cincinnati fan. I, every anytime I played Ohio State, I, I, I was a Cincinnati fan. And then uh, I always liked the Jumpman uniforms they had in the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to get a, a jersey Dude, or, or a pair of shorts. And so I was, I was a Bear, Bearcat fan at times, but never, you know, you never associated them with the Michigans or Ohio States. Right. Um, and then when they, you know, you go back to that, I think it's two thousand two when they almost beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And then being on the big stage against West Virginia when they were ranked really high and we were in the top 15 in the country and then the Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl years and then beating Notre Dame. I mean, the, there's just been steps along the way. We've been on the brink. And so that's what I'm hoping this game against Alabama just gets us over the hump. And now you're in the conversation for for the next for the years to come. Exactly. So, sounds great. I appreciate you coming on, Ben. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can follow you at, what you got going on. Yeah, and. Absolutely. Yeah, well, right now um, I've limited my social media. Um, I try to uh, spend as less time on my phone as possible. I, I uh, trying to, I don't know, uh, go not go back in time, but reduce my standard of living, I guess, and have less available to me, and so I right. could focus more. I just had a son. Um, actually, he was born on my birthday, so he's about to turn one year old here in a couple of weeks, and so I try to spend as much time as and focus as I can on on uh, my kids here in the house and my wife and and uh, what we're doing as a high school football team and as less time as possible on social media. But right now I'm just limited it to Facebook. I think maybe Twitter here in the future and, and get back on there and so forth. But I'm just really on Facebook and, and that's how uh, I found you. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the only place I'm at right now. So maybe I'll expand my horizons. Um, I just see so many kids in my classroom on social media. I'm like, man, I just don't want to be one of those guys. Yeah. I was on my phone, so well, I want to enjoy. You, you got to change change your, your your Facebook page to, to to Bearcat. You didn't get onto the the whole vibe that Travis yeah. Kelsey started. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, my wife my wife told me to. Um, she said, you know, hey, all these Cincinnati players are doing it. You should do it too. But I I kind of know I got to keep that picture of me and my wife up there, um, <laughs> and and my kids. So I'm gonna probably go. stick with those. But I've wanted to many choice, times. Man. Like, which picture do you choose? You know, which right, right. Choose? Right, exactly. All right, Ben. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do this again sometime. And dude, hey, if they win, you, you, we should go meet in, in Indy and go have some, go have a beer, and have some fun. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be up there. All right, Ben. Take it easy. Thanks. Right, yep, we'll see it. Thank see you. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Ben's as a, he's a great dude. Like I said, he's one of the the better quarterbacks UC's had. You know, in the last you know a couple of years. I mean, he started. He helped start this thing. So. I appreciate him coming on. Let's uh, get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. I appreciate every single one of them. They're Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, Cincinnati Reds, Ryan Third, Heading for Home, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenable. TikTok is at Iceman90. If you missed any of the interview and you don't want to sit there and watch us for an hour, you can listen to it on the podcast. It'll be on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. And leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, we're at 1,435 subscribers. That is awesome. So if you have yet to subscribe, please do so. Go to YouTube channel Sports with strawberry ice uh just a heads up uh, i got one show tomorrow and then i'm taking friday off because i'm gonna watch the bearcats so tomorrow will be the last show of probably of the year actually because you're new year's eve so for all you guys who've been watching me my loyal guys in the chat crew uh blackthorn crip uh crown chris all you guys i appreciate you guys rob uh royal flush terry i appreciate all you guys watching every single day and commenting and it's been a great year Let's hope 2022 rolls on, or 2023 rolls on to even a better year. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!
Cincinnati, we gon' rise and up. In the jungle, we unite and up. Drippin' orange and black and white. All day when we fight, when they die in these stripes. Now who got a move like it on? Now who wanna move close and on? Now who wanna move on? If you got stripes, then you let the city know you rock them. Yeah, we got them. Yeah, we fought them. Like that black and orange or bottle. Bingo bottle. Never stop it. To the beast of beast and know Who they rockin' with the diamond stripes? Flossin' on the wings. Cincinnati, she's our queen. We gon' show the world who king. Orange in the day, black in the night. Strikes in our veins, sparks gonna fly.